tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I don't have the, the perfect answer, so I'm not going to bash any ideas that were thrown on the table. Obviously, it's not ideal for anybody, but the situation is ideal. And I think that whatever scenario that we choose is going to be winners and losers and risk and things that we have to decide that, that we're willing to give up. I think for the most part, we've been all on the same page and pretty much everybody wants to play if we can figure it out and if we can't then we just we, we cancel it and, and go from there but I think the league is doing everything in its power to, to put something together that we can we can finish out the season Fred Van Vliet I was supposed to guess that <laughs> I would have been guessing for days <laughs> weeks yeah. would have never got there yep Which I would have never got there yeah Who Van Vliet became very popular during that run last year for the Toronto Raptors, though, right? He came pretty popular this year as well. I mean, the Raptors are doing good. Before. Was he doing well, though? I mean, yeah. was it partly because of him? I mean, he's playing. Yeah, yeah he's a good ball player, but he doesn't like, get any love. But. Well, I would say it was like, I mean, the three players for Toronto that they would probably highlight would be Siakam, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Lowry, and then probably Van Vliet. And uh, there's a few others. I don't want to slight anybody, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but, Van Vliet's in the mix. Yeah. But, I mean, his coming out party was during the postseason yeah. last year. Like It, it was, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously... Kawhi Leonard carried the team, yeah. but he had some huge moments. Yeah, absolutely. And I think didn't I think he was on the bench last year. Came off the bench. Yeah, um, he, uh, yeah. And then, but this year, I think he's like a full blown starter. Mm-hmm. So actually, he went to Wichita. I thought he went to VCU, uh, but Wichita State. Okay, uh, I'm confused. The Shocks. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. I could not play undrafted, basketball by right the way. now. Undrafted. Fun well, fact. Uh, yeah, it's a little. It well, feels, well, if you don't get drafted, man, like. It's, it's, a tar- it's, it's a tough slope to climb up, I feel I, like. Well, heck, if you get drafted in the second round, it's yeah, a tough, it's a tough slope, slope for sure. in the NBA. I, yeah. I wonder what the percentage is of undrafted guys on I mean, rosters. We're talking Van Vliet. We're talking Ben Wallace. Got nobody else. was one who, on the Sixers. Was? Oh, Robert Covington was, uh, well, I'm pr- pretty sure, yeah, undrafted. Yeah. Yeah. Came up through You'd it. almost think there was a better chance because they only have two rounds. So you get undrafted guy, but did they sure. just not miss as much in the NBA, I guess. That's going to be a good list and, to look up top and, and undrafted players of all time. I, I also think you wonder how that's impacted from uh, the European influence, you know? Well, yeah. and that's on, a lot of it, too. You know, if you don't make it into the NBA, you have, well, the G League or maybe go... Go to Europe. Go to Europe, go to China. Or go to anywhere, do. really. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the move. Although now a lot of the college stuff is, is changing. I mean, the one, uh, one of the players that's one of the top prospects yeah, decides yeah. to go to the G League instead, so... Yeah, that is interesting in itself. Uh, You guys brought up an interesting topic uh, that we'll share in just a moment. But first, got to get this out of the way. I need a doctor, I feel like. (laughs) Okay. Did did you want to hear the top undrafted players quick or not? Uh, Brad Miller. 
He's number two. Ben Wallace, number one. All right. Brad Miller, number two. Avery Johnson, number three. Daryl Armstrong. John Starks. I don't know. This isn't really an order, though. That can't be an this order. Brad order. Miller was number no, two? No, this isn't an order. Right? I was going to say, don't trust, in, don't, I was gonna don't say trust Ben Wallace website. is in a league of his own, then. Don't, don't trust this website, sportscasting.com. Put you guys on blast. But John Starks undrafted. Uh, we got David Wesley undrafted. Jose Calderon undrafted. <laughs> Wesley Matthews out of Marquette, undrafted. Bruce Bowen um, and Raja Bell. That's about it, man. I guess some oh, decent players. Uh, Udonis Haslam, huh? pretty legit. Jeremy <laughs> Lin. Say. Jeremy Lin. J.J. Brera. So there you go. All right. Just thought I'd throw those out there. But Barea was from, he was he from like Northeastern? Oh, Brent. It's going to be a heck <laughs> hey, of a pull. Where is J.J.? Okay. Um, doesn't he goes, plays, plays college basketball at Northeastern. Come on. Is Come that on. your final answer? Come on. Final answer. Right. Final answer. JJ Barrera, Northeastern. Let's go to the Wikipedia page and. Um, yeah, Northeastern. Yeah, baby. What a pull on a Wednesday. Yeah, Northeastern. Good call. Where's that? <laughs> it's outside of Boston. Okay, I got you. Oh, it's a, uh, it's in Northeastern. How, how did you get that? I don't know why. I remember JJ Barrera from Northeastern. Like, who would remember? Did he go to the NCAA tournament or something? I have no who idea. Who knows any JJ Barrera facts? That's like more obscure than TJ McConnell. He's like the backbone of the Dallas Mavericks. Well, yeah, but I mean, unless you're Puerto Rican, do you really know who JJ Barrera is? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you're from Northeastern, you do. I guess you do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I need a doctor. I can't play basketball right now. I was just telling Austin this. We went to heat up food, which I never eat anymore during the show. It takes three minutes to heat up the food, and then by the time I come back, it's it's uh, back into a regular segment, and then it's cold. So yeah, yeah. I'm losing weight uh, here we, on the pandemic. Do we get a microwave in here? <laughs> it wouldn't be bad, so we'd have to yeah. walk all the way down. Hey, and by the way, if there's Domino's pizza in here, yeah, can someone for please the heads let up. us know? Oh, yeah, there's Domino's. Yeah. Thanks for the heads Fantastic. up. Fantastic. It's right there. Uh, I'm like lugging all my food up the stairs yeah. today, and there's Domino's pizza. Yeah. I could have just had that. And by the way, there was one full Hawaiian like, yes, pineapple and ham. Nobody, was, nobody was touching that. Quarantine that pizza. I was, I was Quarantine eating, that pizza. I was actually not going to lie. I was eating one. I was like, this tastes way different. And I was talking to the OKVP. Okay I was e- eating a vegan pizza. From Domino's? I guess. Oof. It was different. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Uh, very nice way to put it. Uh, thanks for the Domino's, though. But you're, you're in need of a doctor. Well, it hurt to walk down there. So I'm asking Austin. So brave, by the way. I, I'm asking Austin. I'm like, what part of your foot is this? Yeah. You know, because basically I have this. Uh, here's the story, okay? With an MMA fighter here on the show. I may have gotten hurt on the golf course. <laughs> like I'm really trying to I'm trying to wonder if I got hurt on the golf course. Yeah. Which by the way I have broken a bone in my hand uh, on the golf course before, small bone on the top. Hitting out of the rough, it's con- actually. No, be, be honest, you got ticked off and slammed your club in the no, ground. No, no, I did. No, I've done that. Okay. I've broken like three clubs during Nicole's the pandemic. Got something with Seriously? her shoulder yeah. because of that. Same thing where you have to like hit into the ground. To yeah, do it. yeah. She's got something with it, her shoulder. This was actually at TPC on the 16th hole. There's like this grass bunker near the water, and I don't even know if it is there anymore. I don't think it is, but uh, and, you know, it's, it's the thick, thick, thick stuff. And so I was like, man, that hurt. You know, yeah. like it kind of jammed in the ground, and I looked it up. Um, uh, online, and they said most common. So there's a small bone, like in the top where you're near your wrist and your hand, okay. top of your hand. Yeah, yeah. And they said most commonly broken by amateur golfers. <laughs> it actually says whatever that name of that bone is. Says I'm, I'm gonna forget it. <laughs> the fact that said amateur golfers. <laughs> what an ego. Let you know hit. about it, man. I, know. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I did, and it hurt for a little bit, but it's yeah, nothing yeah. you do about it. You just it, it heals up, I guess. Well. 
This one, I'm, I'm playing golf the other day, and like the 13th hole, all of a sudden, my like lower part of my shin, mm-hmm. top of my foot or ankle area starts hurting. Like when I'm walking stuff, because I was walking playing golf, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. What, I don't know what it is. Maybe I shin splints or something. We've been sure. walking so much, yep. Steph and I, and so I'm like eight miles a day. And plus on the golf, I was like, ah, maybe that gets shin splints. That's weird. But it didn't hurt too, too bad. Well, it starts hurting more mm-hmm. and more and more. And it freaking hurts. Like, really hurts. Like, last night, marshmallow baseball, I could not take a swing. <laughs> so I had to actually pivot my, my back foot yeah. so I could swing. You'd be the first person to go on IR from golfing. <laughs> I almost went on the marshmallow Amateur. baseball league de- DL. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> I almost went on the DL. Like I was like, I don't know if I can play. And uh, it is killing me. I tried to look it up, and I can't find it. I used to – I ran cross country when I was back uh, in high school. It was the worst thing I ever did in my life. But I never got shin splints. I can't believe you did that. I was awful. It's the only thing I ever quit, too. Can, can I ask you why you did season, that, though? Because I didn't – I the, the story behind why I ran cross country is I was in the bleachers at a meeting to play volleyball. Men's I volleyball? wanted to do something in the fall. And so in the fall, we had boys volleyball. Huh. Uh, and or boys I, volleyball, yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're probably playing volleyball. So, yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, well, we actually had a pretty good volleyball team, but I know nothing about the sport. Like, How, how do you go to school in Rhode Island and you have a boy, but men's volleyball team? We had a volleyball. Yeah. In Seriously? We had one, yeah. Oh, Wisconsin, we you're slacking. My bad. Uh, by the way, uh, I will tell you this little note. Rocco Baldelli, okay. who obviously ended up playing in the bigs. He's manager of the Twins now. Sure. Unbelievable volleyball player. Who huh. could have gone to UCLA, Penn State, all the big ones to play volleyball? Could wow. jump out of the gym. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So a little, little known fact. Uh, but that wasn't at my high school. Yeah. But we're a decent volleyball team, I guess. Mm-hmm. I later found out. But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I know nothing about volleyball. And now, meanwhile, you know how Ty's small? Well, Dad was small <laughs> in 10th grade. Yeah. We didn't have freshman. We just went 10, 11, 12 in high school. Okay. So it was my sophomore year. And uh, I'm like, I'm probably 5'2". Yeah, you could have been a setter or a well, Libra again, or whatever. I, have, I don't know. Libra. They didn't have that at the, the oh. uh, yeah, they didn't have that. Oh. Um, at that time. Yeah. Jump I don't think, I don't think they did. Okay. Uh, libero, by the way. So, so I'm sitting there and they're doing the introductions, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm like five foot one. Everybody else is like five, eleven, six, one. It's, uh, you know, it's, they're all tall. Volleyball's a tall sport. Yeah. So I kind of get off the bleachers after. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this. Well, right that like that moment, the cross country coach is like, "Hey, we're down. We don't have many cross country. You want to run cross country?" Yeah. Like, uh, that should have been your first sign. They were they were recruiting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're desperate. <laughs> obviously, they yeah. were desperate. Yeah, yeah. And so desperate. So and be honest, you kind of felt important. You're like, yeah, all right, yeah. I, I feel like Zion like, right Williamson. Like, I'm yeah, really just trying to stay in shape me. for baseball and sure, all this stuff. Sure. So well, what the heck? I'll Why do it. not? Let's go. Oh, it was the worst thing I ever did. Is the worst. And by the way, I end up going to volleyball games, and the volleyball stuff was exciting, man. I mean, yeah. the place was packed; it was loud. Electric. And I end up marrying Steph, who played volleyball. Yeah. We like played intramurals together. Like it, I should have played volleyball. You should have played volleyball, man. And I no one's coming to watch cross country. Let's be honest. You have to be tall. Yeah, of course. No one's coming to watch you play cross or play to run cross country. So the story on the cross country, if I haven't told you this before, is I was a sophomore. They needed more varsity runners. So I run varsity, but I'm not good. Like, I'm not any good. I'm just doing this just to do it. You go on these damn seven-mile runs around East Providence, Rhode Island, yeah. and I'm, like, hating every minute of it. Yep. But I participate in the state meet, 
and finished dead last. <laughs> <laughs> because they needed enough runners to qualify. Well, so I had to least, come up. <laughs> I mean, did you at least get like your varsity letter for your jacket? I guess. I didn't have one of those. But, uh, you didn't have a letter jacket? No. Oh, dude. I, be honest, because you didn't, you didn't really get a lot of medals, right? So... <laughs> Is that, is, it, is that what it was? Well, I would have lettered, that, let's see, is that what it three was? years, I would have lettered in you didn't two, get a four, lot, six, though, huh? seven. I would have had All seven right. of them. Dude, you want to talk about me, man. They, they, they used to thank me for my service. My my, <laughs> my my jacket, I was like General Pat and Brooks. Remember, I had the band medals, too. So, like, every band competition, you got a medal. So, I had track medals, band medals, football medals, basketball medals. Dude, General Pat, thank you for your service, Austin Lane. <laughs> I, I was crushing it. My, my, my jacket, man, weighed 50 pounds. Now, did I wear it a lot? No, because it didn't fit me. But it's not the point. You know what I'm saying? It's not the point. I actually got pulled away from track and field. In like, I got recruited to play ultimate frisbee for our school. <laughs> they had ultimate frisbee. Yeah, at your so school? like I broke my collarbone and couldn't do the pole vault stuff. <laughs> so I was just chilling. Frisbee. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, when you heal up, you should come play ultimate frisbee with us to get back in shape." And I started doing it, and yeah. I liked that more than pole vault. So I just started playing on our ultimate frisbee team. What is it called? A letter. Letterman jacket? Letterman jacket? Yeah. Letterman jacket. Yeah. I'm asking right now if people had this. This show has taken a turn for the worse, but uh, in high school. But anyway, so I, I, I finished last in the state of Rhode Island in yeah. cross country and quit yeah. after that. That was well, the last time I ever ran cross country until I went to college and I thought I was running cross country because we ran so much for college baseball. But yeah. for some stupid reason, I wasn't a pitcher. Yeah. But we ran like all the time yeah. and a lot. And I felt like I was on the cross-country team. But I should have played volleyball. That was the moral of the story. Well, you're going to find out what kind of athletes you have following you here on Twitter. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the trying. athletes are going to have Letterman's jackets. Dude, how'd you have a Letterman's jacket? Yeah, I didn't. Because, uh, like, th- that was the thing, at least, like, in Wisconsin. Where, I understand. You know, it's I mean, a thing in high school. It, yeah, and, of course, been... if you're dating somebody, then they wear that Letterman's jacket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, like, but that was, like... There was always controversy. Guys from other towns, girls rocking their jackets. And then it caused a big, you know, dilemma. And, man, I, it's a real deal. I don't. Coos, when you went to high school, was the Letterman jacket a thing? Our football team did have a jacket, yes. See, I feel like I feel like the Letterman jacket, like, was there a stage where it was like, all right, that's not really cool anymore. That's like, I'm not saying it was cool, okay, because I, I didn't really rock it a lot, because once again, it didn't really See, fit our, me. Our okay. football team, every game day, they would wear it during school. See, like Friday. we actually, we had our own, like, football jackets as well. So we had a Letterman jacket, and we had a football Maybe jacket. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. But they had, like, a jacket they would wear. Well, they got, the football players, I think, wore their jerseys to school. They didn't yeah, wear their jackets, that's what but we they did wore as well. jerseys, yeah. if I remember correctly. Is that tradition still going on? Uh, it has to, right? I, I would it imagine. Should. For sure. Yeah, it probably should. Uh, you bring up a good point, though. How does East Providence, Rhode Island, have a boys' volleyball team? Yet, you know, down like St. John's County, there is not boys' volleyball. Yeah. It's, uh, there's not even Florida, man. Yeah. And they should. They should have it's crazy. Volleyball. Did you guys have wrestling? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big on the East Coast. Uh, wrestling as well. So, well, anyways, getting back to your football real quick, What were we though, talking about? We were talking about your, your calf and your injuries. Oh, yeah. So, so I think I hurt myself on the well, golf course, the thing, which makes me feel very manly. Here's the thing we got to check out right here, Brent, right? Because I'm a, I'm a residential... F- uh, a foot expert. That's the back of my foot. Yeah, so we have to check out if you have um, over-supination when, when you walk. That means I walk. That's what I think it is. On yeah. the side of my foot. Yeah, and it could add pressure to the outside of your foot. All right. So check it out. I feel like I can't move it like I broke my ankle. 
But there's no way I broke my ankle there. on the golf course. I, I hope not, man. I'm not going to I mean, come on. That. This is a sports show. I'm not even going to the doctors if that happens. Well, this is a sports show. The last thing I want you to come in here with crutches and a scooter. a Jeopardy after his goal like a wingo pitch. How, how legitimate are we going to be if Brett Martin broke his foot in golfing? I know. That's the great I- irony here. It's like you you come in a day after your fight after getting punched in the face and, and stitches. We're all good. Yeah. In, a, in a cage. And meanwhile, I can't walk in here gonna, because I hurt myself playing golf. How are you going to interview at training camp on a scooter having to pedal up to a football player? They ask you what's going on. Oh, don't worry about it. I heard a golfing. Uh, so anyways, so it's pretty hot here today. How'd practice go? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of that. Think about the brand. We got jobs at stake here, Brent. We got to go, it. man. I know it. But did they, you said that CBD oil worked for you coming off the fight. Maybe it will work for my foot. <laughs> you never know, man. Just a nice little hot tub of our CBD oil coming at you. Uh, all right. Hey, let's get to an NBA topic real quick. Uh, I, I could claim that I've hurt my ankle playing for the Giants or something. Yeah, Giants yeah, yeah. Clues, uh, you brought up a topic, or one of you guys brought up a topic. Uh, 90s styles, thinking of the Michael Jordan stuff, would all their style of play, whether it's Rodman or, or Jordan or name your, name your player, mm-hmm. uh, would it translate to today's game? Are they transcendent amongst any era of of NBA basketball? I mean, yeah. players are right. LeBron could play in any generation, in my opinion, be great. Yeah, I, I I believe that. We know Jordan could have been too, and would be, and, and he'd be great. But in terms of stylistic play, would it be as good? You know, keep in mind now, Jordan's not a very fair commentary here because mm-hmm. he changed the game. And he created a whole generation. It's like asking that same Tiger Woods question now. Yeah. And and Tiger's created a generation in golf, so he's changed the game. So, yeah, Michael would fit in, but there'd be a lot more Michaels mm-hmm. nowadays. Uh, so he'd certainly fit. His style would fit. Well, and Go I'd say, look, it, just look, you know, from the last stands, right? When you see those end scores, right, it's like 86 it to wild. 77. The pace of play has picked up so much. Like, I actually do want to go back and look at those seasons and see if, if there was a pace of play stat that could show how fast they were moving. Because, I mean, the the games today, if they're not getting in the, you know, 100 range for scoring, it's kind of surprising, you know. So that's a lot faster game. But I would say I'll, I would also think players would adapt to that. Like back then, if that's the style of play that was happening then you adjust your game accordingly, and and I think if you get yourself to the NBA like that, then you can adjust your game, or you force your game on other people's throats, like the Grizzlies used to do with the grit and grind. Slow it down, play our style. You're going to play our style even if you're playing fast. So I think I think players would have been able to, to handle it. I always find it funny when they talk about that because, you know, back then you had, like, Shaq, you had these dominant big men when now it's more everybody's about the same size on the court it seems like and everyone's just athletic and you kind of go small ball um but i think if you have a dominant big man you know an andre drummond or someone like that and you build your team around it then then it can be effective so i think like talk about guys like akima lajuan like akima lajuan could play in any decade right where you would think so yeah yeah and so you got him um I think Carl Malone's another great example, you know, like, but you have to remember, like, the, the game has changed now from the physicality standpoint. That's so, the biggest so, thing, right? That, that's the biggest thing, right? So, like, how good would Patrick Ewing be? You know, I think obviously Shaq would be dominant in any era because Shaq's Shaq. Yeah, okay, like, the, just the, a monster that, of him. Yeah, like, his size, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a three point shooting league or a, a physical team. Like, no one's going to stop Shaq, all right? Shaq's always going to get his points. But then you have, like, players like, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, 
you know, Scottie Pippen, for example. All right, Scottie Pippen. How would his game translate? Because Scottie Pippen was always like, he was the guy on fast breaks. He played pretty solid defense. But, like, it's a scorer's league now, though, right? And, like, MJ was always a scorer. Now, yeah, Scottie scored, too, as well. But, like, I wonder if Scottie's game would really translate. And well, I don't want to do it to your boy here, but this is more of an 80s thing than a 90s thing. But one could wonder how good Larry Bird would be right now. I'm just racist, saying. by the way. I, I, it has nothing to do with it. John Stockton would be killing it right now in the NBA. All right? I'm not bringing race into it. TJ McConnell's killing it. So I'm not saying anything to do with a white it, player or a black player. All I'm talking about is those Larry Bird hips, okay? Those Larry Bird do, need some WD-40 hips. Like, Because <laughs> Larry Bird, he was a spot-up shooter, man. Like, I didn't see him create a shot a lot. Now, I wasn't born when he was playing, but I got that highlight video that you sent me. And I'll be honest. Wasn't impressed, all right? Didn't do anything for me. So I think maybe Larry Bird would have some problems transitioning to the modern uh, NBA athlete. I try to compare players so a racist. lot, like like what they would be like. And with the Scottie Pippen thing, I think he would because you look at the Golden State Warriors when they were doing the run. The Iguodala, who was like the do-it-all guy, he locked down defensively LeBron when he had to, but also would put up decent scoring numbers he wasn't the go-to scorer on the team obviously that was Mm -hmm. for Pippen it was Michael Jordan for Iggy you had you know Clay and Steph and uh, I believe Kevin Durant for for one of the years as well so it's like I think it would have worked it just probably wouldn't have been you know if if Pippen was putting up 33 points and having a defensive game or something like that it would have been more Iggy style where it's like 16 points and eight rebounds and really good defensive play on the best player or something yeah. like that. By the way, Larry Bird was not just a spot-up shooter, <laughs> pass the ball, rebound, triple-double. So Larry Bird now would, would get triple-doubles every night hey, because it, that's all guys try to you do. You put Anthony Davis on Larry Bird, and Larry Bird would say that his foot's hurting like, like yours is right now. <laughs> like, like what, what would he do Larry, Larry, Larry Bird? Bird would spin Anthony Davis in circles. Oh. <laughs> Fred, you, you can't honestly say that. Yes. You, you can't. Go back and watch tape. I have seen tape. He runs like Forrest Gump at the beginning of the movie when Forrest Gump got those braces on. <laughs> oh he's my. like, it hurts. You know, like that's that's Larry Bird in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good three point shot. And once again, Wait, Zach, I'm, not, I'm not being racist. Okay, if, if a black dude was like Reggie Miller, what would Reggie Miller's game translate? Do you think right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, but I think once again. Maybe a little racial here, but I think Reggie Miller was maybe a little more athletic, had a little better hip fluidity than Larry Bird did. No, he was Steph Curry before <laughs> Steph Curry. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like if he's got a good shot and can shoot a three, then you're then you're in the league. That's the thing. It's like you almost could make the case that Larry Bird would thrive more now <laughs> with the way the game is spread out. It is spread out. Until Kawhi Leonard says what's up. <laughs> until, until Larry Bird might. Might be a good look role up, player. Look and up like on my team. Like look up a guy on my like team, Joe Ingles. Right I hate you more than huh? Michael Jordan hates Isaiah yeah, Thomas. Look, look, look at a guy named Joe Ingles. That's who Kuz comparing hey. to. Larry Bird's the hey Joe, Joe Ingles, Ingles the modern day Larry like Bird. Twenty plus points a night off threes. How many jerseys is Joe Ingles selling right now? In Australia, probably a lot. He's huge. I in Australia. I'll be honest. Who does Joe Ingles even play for the right Utah now? The Jazz? Jazz. Okay, I figured that. But he's not a household name. Let's be honest, Kuz. No, but for Jazz players, they know who he is. He's like the second scorer on that team behind Don. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert is their big guy. Joe Ingles is their third point shooter. Baby Joe Ingles, the the next generation, baby. I'm not comparing to that. I'm just saying a guy who you don't perceive as athletic, people joke about how he looks like a teacher, and he's out here balling out, dropping threes. Do you believe a guy from small town Wisconsin has this kind of hate and vitriol for Larry Bird? (laughs) 
I mean, do you know what they're still playing at Wisconsin in terms of basketball? They march five white guys out on the swing. court every single game. Run that swing offense, man. No, hey, you, you better check your eyes a little bit and see those new school Wisconsin players. They had like two black guys last year starting for the team. Unheard of. You, you, you should have saw it. There's like they actually had the stands like stand up in like a moment of silence because history is being made. They had two black guys playing at Wisconsin. It was insane. So, so you, you don't know what's going on. You don't watch the news, bro. <laughs> Step the uh, game up. Here's the one I do. Here's two players I'll give you in terms okay. of translation. Yeah. Charles Barkley, would he win an MVP today? I don't think he wins an MVP. I, I think he's too aggressive, man. I think his style, you know, the, the long mind of rebound, I don't think it translates well to the NBA or now. And Rodman, is he as dominant today? One, I give you athleticism. Because he had kind of some bounce and, and underrated athleticism as yeah. much as he's crazy. and every, He didn't get credit for a lot of his skill set. Well, a lot of guys have that bounce. I mean, uh, it's like human pogo sticks playing basketball uh, in terms of everybody can rebound. You know, and yeah. now everybody's crashing the boards and everybody will get theirs. So I don't know if, if were the I guess the way to put it is are, were the rebounds more readily there. See, but back in the in the nineties, I compare it to I compare it to Ben Wallace though. Like Ben Wallace was a big reason why the Pistons won a championship Absolutely. in the early two thousand. Yeah, right. And like Ben Wallace didn't score a lot. He, no, he, no, had one he of was the, that guy. He had one of the worst free throw percentages of all time. But like it worked for the Pistons, you know. So we're talking about Dennis Rodman, who I think is even more of an upgrade than Ben Wallace has, because Ben Wallace was never a tall center, right? But he was physical, um, you know, and, and he played within himself. I think Dennis Rodman can kind of be considered that same, you know, realm of guy. But the question is, is does his mindset, does his intensity, does his tenacity translate to the modern era and NBA now? Because once again, there's a lot of ticky tack falls out there. Well, not only that, but where does he live on a roster? Is there a guy like Rodman who scores three points but will grab 14 rebounds, and you're making room for him on a roster, or do you need too much scoring on your roster on your <sighs> team where everybody's getting 15, 16 points See, a game? Like I think I said. of like I think of like Haslam from the Heat. But I mean, he has big points. He has like 20 point games as yeah. well. But Haslam makes his money getting rebounds and playing physical. The point. The point. You, you know, I would I would look at like Stephen Adams of the Thunder. Or even maybe a, a Draymond Green. I know he scores a little bit more, but Draymond Green also perceived and as a Green's very the best comparison. Aggressive feels player. like yeah, and yeah. and I mean, but he's more off. Uh, he is an offensive threat. He is an he offensive threat yep, for sure. He is, but but I I would say you know Draymond Green is probably the closest comparison because he had like he can be really aggressive to the point that he gets himself in foul trouble sometimes, like in the in the finals when he when he oh, absolutely kicked, yeah you know and so. I would say yes, he he could. I just wonder. I mean, I do wonder in today's game, it's like everybody's going to be able to score. It's like it's yeah. like baseball today, right? I yeah. mean, in the nineties, but this isn't very long ago. In the nineties, you could have middle infielders hitting two twenty five because because they can field. Yeah. They're plus defenders. Nobody cares about that anymore. Yeah. They'll give up an error or two to get a guy that can hit two ninety instead mm -hmm. and has some pop. I, that's what I wonder in the NBA. I mean, do they, will they take a guy on the roster, play as many minutes, see it as a, a valued commodity to do what Rodman did, which is strictly just rebound and be physical and not be an offensive threat at all, almost at times be an offensive liability? Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a great point. I'm just going back to Larry Bird thinking how he's on defense. You know, like would he ever be a first team defense guy? Probably not. So he's a liability there. So I still enjoy the the Ingles comparison. I, th I think that's the one we're going to go with here, Brent. Um, you can argue it all you want, but last time I checked, how many first team defenses did Larry Bird win? Probably not. Oh wait, hey, oh wait, not many. Do you remember when Bird stole the ball? <laughs> I wasn't born yet, so probably not. Can we play that Pistons cut? Can we find that, please?
And listen, we get a little Johnny Most here. And, and, and I'm not trying to be a hater. I, I no, respect no, no. you. I, are. I respect... <laughs> no, no, you are. How about I, I mean, Larry on line one, bro? I'm, I'm just calling like I see it, man. Like I understand he's your hero, all right, and that's your idol. But you have to get off the sunshine and rainbows bus every once in a while and come back down to reality and understand that maybe his game doesn't really translate to the modern era NBA. Maybe his defense could be a liability a little bit. Just saying. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the one thing that changed big time from the 90s to now mm-hmm. is their loosening up of the illegal defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You were talking about the point scoring. And and that thing, when did that shift? I thought it was like in the early 2000s. It went all the way where they basically, you can play a little bit of zone defense now, you know, yeah, and yeah. they're not going to call it. But back then you couldn't. And that's why people would man up in the man-to-man defense. I mean, if you did do that, you could lock people up, mm-hmm. and and you could have more physical play in man-to-man defense. You're gonna have more physical play. Correct. So uh, I think the this period of time where they wanted more scoring, that's why they loosened that up. They're like, hey, these games, this is like college basketball games sometimes. Yeah. And that is what jumps out at you. So like when Ty's watching, or if a, a younger person's watching, yep. it's like. The end of that game, it was 82 to 76? What? Yeah. That yeah. was the end of the game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, they changed some of the rules defensively to allow that to happen. They wanted more scoring. They they valued that mm-hmm. um, from a viewership standpoint, which I think is the right call. And then also led, you know, on the way to the three-point shot and the game changing and the spread, uh, spreading out, uh, mm-hmm. the geometry, if you will, of, of the basketball court being different than it was in the 90s. How do you think James Harden players like that do Back in like the nineties. Yeah, I mean, that's a great call, right? right? Because that you would man him up. Yeah, and, and somebody you're not would man those him easy up. Easy calls, man. You're not going to the free throw line thirty times a game. Well, you have to remember, there's two things that also I think would change. They they traveled in the NBA then. I remember people talking about man, they get away with steps, but not like they do now. Mm-hmm. They they were a little bit more harsh on that, as I remember. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is carrying. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to dribble the basketball. Well, yeah. I think Iverson changed that a bit, right? And I, sure. I don't know if it was just Iverson. But they, like, so many players were then carrying the basketball, which they do now. <laughs> it's a thing, yeah. That they changed the rule. They softened the rule. Like, you're allowed to do it. It's, I mean, it's going to be egregious mm. for it to be called a carry. Yeah. Well, that, uh, the way I remember it, even, especially in the 80s, but in the early 90s, that wasn't the case. I mean, they, they were actually, you, you would get called for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you didn't have those little offensive uh, advantages where I think the rules now cater to the offense used to be just good old fashioned hard playing basketball, yeah. whether it's hard fouls, hard defense, and and obviously that man to man defense. I'm not telling you it's better and guys are tougher then. I just think the styles it's were different, different and it's purposeful. Uh, it's it's more entertaining now. Yeah, because there well, are points being scored. And let's be honest, it's probably as far as the career longevity is concerned. Obviously, everyone will have more longevity now in the NBA than you did. Probably in the early 90s. Yeah, and you could make the case, guys like Rodman and really those Detroit Pistons yeah. teams, you know, help change the physicality of the game because the NBA didn't want that. Yeah. They didn't want that black eye on the sport of being so physical that you were going to have brawls every and, game. And then to prove your point, Brent, for, you know, for, for, for your Lord and Savior, Larry Bird here, uh, three all defensive second teams. You see that? For Larry Bird. There's like three teams back then, but it is what it is. It's all good. <laughs> three teams in the early 90s. It's all good, though. I would it's say like three so teams. for the pace of play thing, in the 90s, like uh, it looks like it was a pace of play of around like almost 90. Right now it's at like 105. Yeah. Yeah. But that, again, I, I think the main thing there is they allowed a softening of the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a true zone. They don't allow the true zone defense, but, yeah. but that changed. 
they used to call legal. I remember legal defenses being called all the time watching the games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have, when's the last time you saw an illegal defense call? Well, I mean, when's the last time you saw a carry getting called? Can, can you imagine <laughs> being the ref that calls a carry, honestly? You, you get chastised. You'd be thrown out of the league for doing that. Uh, imagine calling oh, a travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, we'll talk some football when we come back. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Larry Bird's the greatest. <laughs> Very unrealistic. And then who gets to go in the bubble? They got to eat, right? You know, so if you even have everybody in the same hotel, you're going to make all the people that work at the hotel stay there, too? Maybe they have to. Security, uh, people that clean the rooms, people that bring food in, food out, whatever supplies are needed. I mean, it's it's got to be a tight ship. And then somebody gets sick in that ship. It's almost like actually being on a cruise ship, right? <laughs> it's just, I don't know if there's any right answer. Well, there better be a right answer. Can't operate under that, Marcus Spears. Uh, let's just say this. You might not know if there's a right answer, but there better be some kind of decision at some point. I mean, somebody's got to be bold enough to make a decision. We'll talk more uh, about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Also had a question from yesterday. Did a little work on an at least small discussion uh, of Scott Boris. Is he good or bad for baseball? You brought up a really good point. Maybe it's the teams that are that we should ask that question about, like the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, teams like that. Uh, that set the precedent. In, uh, and it was interesting researching Boris a little bit. On the outside, very casually, just kind of seeing reports and, and everything else about Boris, I'm like, I don't like that guy. Yeah. You read a little bit more into it, and you're like, yeah, maybe he's got more grip on this thing than, than you give him credit for. So mm. talk yeah. about that a little bit. You'd like him to be your agent, let's just say that. Of course, man. I mean, like that's, that, that's like the who's who of a baseball guy, so absolutely. Well, and that's why, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he gets, he's going to get get you paid. Absolutely. And and what you think you're, uh, you're worth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Sure. I have uh, this tax here. I might give him a call and see what I can do for uh, ESPN 690. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. No, I'm kidding. Uh, all right, uh, we have a senior shout-out to get in here today. Let's and get it. Congratulations to all the seniors. I know some folks are taking like AP tests and tests from home, and it's kind of like their final days of uh, yeah. of their high school careers. And obviously, sports never came back. So a shout out to all the seniors out there. But we continue to ask you to submit your favorite senior to ESPN690.com, and we can share a shout out. Uh, and that happens tonight to Kai Clark Darabi from Providence High School. Uh, Diane Darabi is his mom, and Kai was an outstanding student at Providence, offensive MVP, and is headed to the University of Florida in the fall. His father, Farzan, his sister, Lila, and I are so proud of the young man. He has become truly a gift from God. So congratulations nice. to Kai Clark Darabi uh, from the Providence School, and congratulations to all the seniors once again. Senior shout-out here on ESPN 690 daily from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., usually in the 4 o'clock hour, and you can uh, submit your favorite senior to ESPN690.com, so make sure... Uh, you go ahead and do that. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It feels like Thursday to me for some reason. Uh, this week must be going pretty slow, even though it's a beautiful week. I did get this email uh, today on the uh, TV side. Apparently, video game sales are surging. And the other thing that came through was bike sales. Like if you go to Walmart and Academy and Dick's and all those kind of places, you're not going to find many bikes. And, and, and I'm sure the bicycle places as well yeah. uh, that are open. Bicycle sales are really good. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. People are getting out there, you know, staying healthy. Um, 
I wonder. Uh, see, that's what I've been wondering. I wonder how like gyms are going to be able to like handle stuff again. Yeah. Right. Like, is there going to be like a surge like it's New Year's? Because if that's the case, then the YMCA can just chill and marinate for a, a month, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to go to the YMCA with a hundred people getting back into it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be allowed to. I, I mean, I don't know. True. Um. So I wonder like if there's going to be like this surge, or if it's going to be like, well, you know what? We've been pretty good without the gym, so let's just keep on going for runs outside or going for bike rides. I'm curious I don't to see think how it goes so. down. I can almost I guarantee you, if there were restrictions, it would be like New Year's. There's going to be a surge, yeah. Yeah, I think the surge. And, uh, you know, we had Martin Rooney on with training for Warriors. Yeah, and, yeah. and I go to a place in Ponte Vedra with Coach Phil out there. And they just kind of opened up a soft kind of opening yep. in the last couple of weeks. But you're going to have less than 10 people in there at a time. So smaller groups. Uh, and those are the smaller gyms that you're kind of talking about. Yeah, those yeah. aren't the big, big gyms. So, I wonder, I, but I think, again, I mean, it, I say it. If you go work out in a gym, at least for me, and I think most people are like this, uh, not that most people are like me, and that's probably a good thing, but I think in this category they are, you can try it at home, you can do things at home, no yeah. doubt. You can get the exercise at home, uh, but it seems like it's amplified and you do it five times harder when you're of in course, a gym of course. And, and you're around well, other people doing it. I, that's at least me, and I'm guilty of it. So what's going to happen? So like, For instance, I, I lift weights and I do a lot of my weight training at the YMCA. What's going to happen with that, then? Is it going to be like a certain number of people? So I think so. So it's like the Hunger Games where I have to help <laughs> my, my name gets called? Like, I'm, I'm going to volunteer for tribute? Yeah, I think so. Well, here's the thing. Do you, I mean, do you take the stronger people or do you take, like, the weaker people? Because obviously the weaker people, they have something incentive where it's like, well, yeah, I want to get better, I want to get back in shape, and that's great. That's what the YMCA is all about. Or do you take the stronger people where it's like, well, you know what? I'm always in here, so I have a right to be here because I have to maintain what I have. Depends if you believe in Darwinism. Survival of the fittest. Good point. Oh, I can't wait, man. Set him up. Let's go. I just have like an American Gladiators course to see like who can come through and go to the YMCA. I like that. Uh, you know, let's go. I, I don't know, but you know the gyms are in a tough spot. I think because you know you got to really make sure you clean things off right after, and yeah. you, you got to make sure you do it though. I mean, you can say you're doing it <laughs> for sure. You got to make sure you're doing it uh, in in that regard, or it can spread quick. Hey, I want to talk a little football. Let's go. Uh, and uh, we talk a little more about the pandemic, and also. You had a cool topic uh, that we hopefully we'll get to today. If not, we'll do it tomorrow uh, about some iconic pictures in sports. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he unarchived all of his Jags photos on Instagram. Yeah. What do we do? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. I don't have Instagram. So I was hoping you you'd tell me. It was, so it was an article on like a sports website. Yeah, I, I saw it too. Okay. I think on all his social media, he basically took all his Jags pictures off. Mm-hmm. I guess you can archive them, and it shuts them off. Basically, mute them, right? Correct. Well, he unmuted them, and now they're back. You know, Fournette did this. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now there was some talk about him doing it. So this is where I think today's athlete gets silly. I really do. Like, I'm not a big like. You know, get off my lawn guy, and yesterday's athlete was tougher than you and all that. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, the sensitivity of today's athlete. Mm -hmm. And this really showcases it. Like, this is tough to defend. Like, you really... You you took off all your Jag stuff because you were mad at the Jags. What are you thirteen? Like what are we doing here? Brett's about to get blocked again. You're a grown man. I mean, what is what do we do? Why do you care that much about it? What is this? Does it even register with people? Does it matter? Does it make you feel that much better? I don't get it. But bottom line is. That's the one thing I would say to today's athlete that they even do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very. And I can say this because I have one, but it's teenage girl esque okay. to me. And and by the way, that's not a compliment. Yeah. If I'm calling an NFL player teenage girl esque. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not gonna have one of those anytime soon. Uh, 
<laughs> no, at, least, at least in this instance. <laughs> okay. Uh, but so he does that, and you ask the question, will this fan base ever respect Jalen again? Correct. Great question. Because here's the way I kind of look at it a little bit. Okay, if, if you take a guy like Brett Favre, who retired and then goes to the New York Jets and then plays for the rival Minnesota Vikings. Like, Brett Favre was hated, okay? Like, the, the, there was, literally, it was a civil war between, are you a Brett Favre fan or are you a Packers fan? Because yeah. guess what? You can't have them both. No, so sometimes you don't realize which one you are until exactly. that player goes. So either you go be a Vikings fan or you're a Packers fan and it's screw Brett Favre. But then after he finally retired and he was done playing football, I think people started to realize just how much he meant to the community, number one, but how much he meant to the winning culture that was the Green Bay Packers. So my argument is, you know, Jalen Ramsey was here for what, three years? Four years? Three and three, 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 three and some change. <laughs> three and some change. Well, let's be honest, Brent. He was a big part of them going to the AFC Championship, okay? One could argue that if you didn't have Jalen Ramsey that whole year, do you go to the AFC Championship? No. So, exactly. So, my point is, is that enough to warrant one day down the line, Jaguars fans going to be like, well, you know what? Yeah, obviously the last decade sucked, but at least we had that one great year, that one memorable year, and that most memorable year had a lot to do with Jalen Ramsey. So, does that, I guess, earn him a get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will, where it's like, you know what? We don't like the guy, but maybe down the line, time heals all wounds. Or is it to the fact where it's like, no matter what Jalen Ramsey can do now going forward, no matter what he says on Twitter, Jaguars fans are always going to despise him. Yeah, it's a great call, and it's a, it's a complex one, I think. And there's still so many chapters to be written on his career that I don't know if we're ready to answer that. You know, you, you take a guy, this is a great um, dynamic. Take a guy like Jalen, mm-hmm. who I think, by the way, was... I don't know if universally beloved, but appreciated, respected because his game was so good. And I think beloved by a lot of Jags fans. I mean, I I, I would guarantee it for those first couple of years, a uh, few years. And even though the antics and some people didn't like it at times, other people absolutely loved it, you know, yeah. because he backed it up. He's a guy, you know, in so many respects in the last few months, we've talked about some of these athletes that you rather have on your team, but you hate him if he's not. Mm-hmm. And he was that guy. And so he gave the Jacksonville Jaguars a place where they always feel almost like have a complex about national attention and all this stuff. Jalen gave Jacksonville that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really one of the faces of the franchise, if not the face, on a national level. He was the guy people were trying to knock down the door for interviews. When was the last time, really, there was a guy around here in Jacksonville that the national media wanted to come all the time and talk on their pregame shows, like on I mean, CBS and NBC and ESPN and Fox? And by can, the way, they not only – they all, all the time couldn't get him. Yeah. You know, it's like if you had to talk to a Jags player, well, he was readily available all the time for the last however many years. Sure. Ramsey, Ramsey might stiff arm you. You know, so he yeah. became that guy a little bit that was um, – you know, that helped give Jacksonville a little bit of personality, a little bit of swag, Mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of attention. And I think the last guy to do that before him may have been Maurice Jones-Drew, but I don't think it was even to that kind of stratosphere with what Jalen had. No, Jalen had, I I would say, Jalen Ramsey gave the Jaguars the most national prominence a player has ever given the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I, I believe. Now, 
Minshew might be on the way to doing that. Sure, sure. And you can correct you can me say if from, I'm wrong. From Taylor back in the day, maybe. Again, but. you might be able to argue that, and and that's a little tougher for me to tell during his heyday. But it's a different landscape than uh, than it was back then that's in terms of saying, how we cover man. sports. I mean, I I, yeah. I tweeted a thing of Jalen Ramsey, Steve Smith commentary after that game one time. It's got two million views. Wow. Yeah. On, and that was years ago now. But, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he transcended the city limits of Jacksonville, the fan base of Jacksonville. He was an NFL personality here in Jacksonville. Maurice Jones-Drew was that. The the likeness to Maurice Jones-Drew was because of fantasy football. Mojo became this fantasy football star, and so people knew him. So that's kind of where it's relative in that sense. So from that regard, Jalen was on like a pedestal around here in in some respects. Mm -hmm. And it was a crash and burn off that pedestal with the back, with the I want out of here. And by the way, it happened first with the back because the I want out of here, folks around here, most of them, it was a little, it was a little, uh, it was 50 50. It was kind of split, but a lot of them hated the organization for it. Correct. Yeah. Well, then the back stuff happened mm-hmm. and the departure, and then they hated Jalen Ramsey for it. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I don't think it's a simple one. He never can go to Tennessee and play. If he goes to Tennessee and plays, well, he's the, he's the devil. Yeah, I mean, he is enemy number one. Yeah. And maybe even, in this franchise's history. Even though that's his hometown, though. You know, I get any, it, there, but you can't go to Tennessee. There's no leeway. Okay. No, okay. you can't. Okay. There's no way he gets that in his great And what I started to say was, so there's a guy in Jalen was, was three years here, mm-hmm. and now nobody likes him. Let's just say that. That's a blanket statement, but for the most part. You have enough, and he might spend the next 10 years somewhere else. You have a guy that spent 10 years somewhere else, came here for three years, and everybody loves him. And that's Calais. And he's now gone on to another team, but people still love him and will always love him. Correct. See the difference there, which is interesting. Um, But your question is, can he get it back? Can he gain some of the love, the respect, the appreciation from what he did in 17, 18, 19, how great he was? And I I think he'll gain a little bit of that back at times because I also think there's a part of Jalen that will grow up a little bit Mm -hmm. and maybe show some appreciation back to those years here in Jacksonville. He's not willing to do that right now. He, he's just as catty about that stuff as the fans are. Yeah. You know, he wants to take every shot he can at the organization, not necessarily directed at the fans, but more directed at the dysfunction, if you will, that he believes of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's not off that. Look what he does on Twitter sometimes, right? He jumps in on those conversations. But I do think six, seven, and eight years down the road, as he becomes more of a veteran guy in the league and is like, yeah, that's way behind me. He might be a little more complimentary to his time here, appreciate even his time. He might. I'm not saying he will. And if he does that, I think that opens the door back up for a reconnection. And, and in the long run, the organization right now will be blamed once again, uh, maybe then more than right now, will be blamed for the departure of Jalen Ramsey. Because it will always come back to how did you not keep one of the greatest players? He yeah. was on pace to become one of the best players in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I don't think he already gets in that category, but he was on pace to. And... Eight years down the road, Jags fans will be like, "How did you get rid of? Them? How did you? How did we let somebody like that get away?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's more organizational fault than player fault. Yeah. But I think Jalen has to kind of open that door up a little bit uh, to welcome the fans back in, and he's doing nothing of the sort since yeah. he left. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you it's for the most part. I mean, it, it stems on if Jalen Ramsey even cares about it, right? Because. Like, when you see a lot of these cases happen with professional athletes, it's because they had a lot of great memories, you know, when when they were in town. But, like, to Don't be fair... Don't get too emotional. I know, it. right?
But to be fair, Jalen only had that one good memory. You know, he only had that one good season. Everything else was kind of just a wash. So I wonder if, from Jalen's perspective, if it's even trying to worth salvaging because, you know what, yeah, we had that one good season in Jacksonville. Everything else was kind of a nightmare. So, like, to him, it could be just like, you know, what's the point of even going on my way to try to make things right? I don't think he will. I I don't think he cares that much about it. But he might do it almost by accident later in his career. Uh, More on this, uh, more on the pandemic uh, when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 